how can you not smile when you hear that riff? Make you want to get up. Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Hives no more. I get up. Told you. Nothing gets me down. Except the hives. Yeah. So, story about this one. We start off with Van Halen today because Big Bear shows up to Abilene, Texas, West Texas Fair and Rodeo, where we are currently parked in spots 450, 1, 52, and 53. Yes. <laughs> with um, us two and our guests today. And uh, Big Bear shows up with hives. Well, I thought it was poison ivy. I was coming down here. I did something that I don't normally do. He I, mowed. No, well, no, I always mow, <laughs> but I never really come to a rodeo the day of. I don't like to do that. Yeah, uh, me neither. It's me not neither. something me that neither. I've ever done, but you know, okay, I hate it. I'm five and a half hours away from home, and uh, it felt so good to be back. And I thought, man, one more night at home, and I'll get up early in the morning, you know. And so I got up early on Thursday, had everything hooked up and ready. I get in the truck, and I noticed my right arm starting to swell, a little nervous, and. uh I'm looking at my arm, and it has something like it's got these red bumps, like a rash. So I'm like, ah, no big deal. I must must be bug bites. Well, by the time I get to Oklahoma City, it's all up and down my arm. I'm it's sending pictures up, out. All up in you. To my friends. I'm like looking on uh, the internet for doctors. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's probably poison ivy because I was out in the, I've been, you know, since I got home from Fort Madison and trying to get everything mowed and kind of caught up around there our little ranchette in Ponca City. And so I got this stuff on my arm, and my leg starts to itch. And I look down on my leg, and it's by my knee also. <laughs> yeah, Benadryl, Benadryl, So Benadryl. I call Shannon Stalls, my close friend and, you know, confident, confidant. Confidant. So I call him, and he's like, don't let that get to your wiener. <laughs> He Which said, is good advice. He said, do not let it, that spread. Yeah, it, be it, careful where you itch. Yeah, it is good advice. It's like eating, uh, you know, hot wings. Don't itch your eyes, you know. I mean. So yeah. I call Hambo, and I'm like, dude, peppers, I've got poison say. ivy. He's like, all right, cool. Well, just put something on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> so I call my wife. I'm well, like, I, I asked you. I said, did you mow? And you go, yeah, I was down the trees. I'm like, well, you got poison ivy, poison oak. Something, something got on you, you know. Texas, Oklahoma got on you, now yeah. it's in you, and now it's going to go through you. <laughs> well, so so I called my wife, and she said the same thing as Hambo. She's like, you're fine. Just stop and get something <laughs> for it. Like, quit being a bitch. <laughs> so my right, arm, my right hand swells up, <laughs> swells up. So I pull into Wichita Falls Walmart, and I go to the pharmacy, and I tell the, phar- the head pharmacist, look, I need the best anti-itch stuff you've got. And the lady said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what kind of itch? I'm like, oh, I said, I have poison ivy. I'm sure it's poison ivy, and I show her. And she's like, well, you can get the over the, you know, the stuff over here. I said, baby, I need something strong. And I talked this lady into giving me prescription strength hydrocortisone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I put it all over, right? I get here. It starts to go away. I give Hambone a hug, and then I show him my arm, and he kind of freaks out. Yeah. I get my uh, itch me. stuff from Canada because it's... Uh, certifiably stronger than the strongest that a doctor can give you. Yeah. Well, this stuff started working, but my hand was swollen, which scared me a little bit. So I get through the perf Thursday night. Everything goes good. Friday morning, yesterday morning, I wake up, and the hives are gone on my arm and leg, and they're on my feet. Yeah. Hives. I've yeah. never had hives <clears throat> a day in my life. Hives, hives are like rigor mortis. They go start at the bottom, they go to the top, then they go back to the bottom again. That means you already died. 
Well, I hope I didn't die. But so, so then we go to Buffalo Wild Wings last night after yep. the performance, and uh, and it was amazing. It was great. Chuck, we went with Chuck, and had to go get our three thousand calories. Yeah, we make sure we got our calories. So I get home last night, and I'm worried about these hives breaking out again today. So I start reading on the internet about you know the first there had to be somebody that said aloe vera is good for this. There had to be the first person to to want to drink milk out of a cow, like these ideas, right? That no one would think about. And so this guy's talking about how music can affect your body. And so I was a little bit tipsy last night by the time I got back. But it made sense. <laughs> so I have that speaker in my trailer. And I turned on Van Halen as loud as it would go for three hours and went to sleep listening to it on repeat on several different songs. But I woke up this morning, no hives. Play, now, it again, play it again. Now I don't know. Play I don't again. know if it's because of the Van Halen got it out of my body, <clears throat> or if it just ran its course. However, today I'm celebrating day one of no hives. So now you got to listen to this. Okay, when Van Halen was even before popular at my age. And I'm a hate Ashbury guy, okay? There you been, go. Been there, done that, come, made to come back, survived. I told the two of you, um, that was organized rock. And then rock got trashy. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah. Opinions are like elbows and buttholes. Everybody's got a couple or knows a couple. <laughs> but that's my opinion. And I was a Van Halen. I, I can be a Van Halen fan and three seconds turn it on absolutely but i don't know about laying down with that big speaker because two trailers away my curtains were ruffling <laughs> <laughs> i didn't hear nothing but i'd had plenty of beer yeah see but okay well i we haven't even officially if, unless you are um have lived in a hole and have never uh, heard the iconic went to a rodeo or heard a boot barn come or been in a boot barn or uh, uh, Kubota's uh, <laughs> in Parker County. If you've never heard this voice, you uh, should probably shut this podcast off. No, I'm just kidding. Hello and, and howdy. Good morning. Bob Tallman 2.0 is in rump chat. I don't get the 2.0 thing, but I'm here. You're, it's the second time you've been on. Oh, really? Yeah. You remember? <clears throat> so, the first, so the last time Bob was on, the world had ended. The oh, world they, was ending. That was the last day of the real world. That was the last day because we we kind of hit on it because it had been flickering in the news. That was 6th, 7th, or 8th of March. Correct. Yeah. And uh, we were in Houston. Yep. We sat at this, this table. table. Yep. And uh, the <laughs> few hours later, we're uh, getting a severance check and told to go home. <laughs> You know, that was an interesting... See you in Logandale, Boyd, I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Ne- never went back. <laughs> nope. Uh, that was an interesting day for the fact that we had been set prepped. And if you'll remember right, we were sitting at dinner at night down there in the stars room about three days before that day. And the stories were starting to start. If they, what if they, can they, will they... Um, shut us down. And uh, Mike DeMarcos, operations manager, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, biggest rodeo in the world, Yep, said, if they do, here is going to be the sequence of the falling chips, the domino effect. We will go down. 
major sports will go down, NASCAR will go down, da 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 And so I just listened to it, and I just kind of went, that's bullshit. Yeah. But um, the bull pooped on us in a big pile that day. Remember, we, we were, I was in an, uh, a Central Market, H-E-B store, checking my jerky count that morning, and Catherine called. Yeah. And I knew when she called at 10.15 and said the 1 o'clock lunch we were going to go to at Papa Do's that day, which you always do in the middle, uh, has been scheduled for noon. You need to come early and come to the conference room. Yeah, come to my office. Yeah. It was bumped up. It was, yeah, it was lunch, and then it was bumped up. That's why I left. We need earlier. Yeah. And then she goes, scratch lunch, come to my office. And that's when I knew. It was for real. And and on the way in, Benji and I were driving in together. Shane Hanshi, or uh, uh, Lon Danley calls me. Hey, are they canceling Houston? Are they like, ain't going to cancel this big son of a bitch? Yeah. Goes, we ain't Austin. They yeah. hadn't even canceled Austin yet. That's what I Austin said. Well, well that, that was the rumor. Yeah. Because the day before in the production meeting, we're like, oh, they're like, oh, you know. We're and there was like Austin. three cases only in the whole city so, of Houston. But anyway, well, well, it was that cruise ship. Anyway, we'll get in the, that's the weeds. But yeah, but, uh, and then Shane Hanshi called and he goes, hey, are they canceling Houston? And then I'm like, I look at Benji and I'm going, Oh yeah, between there's, cell phones and social there's, media, there's uh, there's some wild. weight on this. And then we went down. We went in early. Yep. And went to the catering. Yep. To eat, and we we're walking down, and they are loading the band out. Yeah. Instead of setting up. No sound check and that Kane, day. Kane Brown, Kane, yeah, Kane Brown was uh, was that night, and they're in there eating, and everybody's like, yeah, it's it's over. They told us to go home, and we're like, do you remember Bob when we sat outside, and I said, man, I sure am nervous about all this shutting down, and I'll never forget you said, well. No matter what happens, we're all going to get through this okay. Amen. And here we are three years later. <laughs> we're still rocking. <laughs> it was a little bumpy for a while for everybody. Well, I had to think about it when we sat down and they put the big screen on. There was 20 of us in there. Yep. And I sat next to Boyd. I've never seen him that quiet or stoic. Mm-hmm. And everybody was sitting on couches and chairs. A few were standing. There was 20 of us in that room. And uh, up walks the CEO of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Here comes the World Trade Center, it seemed like, because yeah. everybody of, of power and worth, they, they, how did they know they were going to come to Houston and do this uh, online and live television? Every TV station in Houston had it. Mm-hmm. And how did they know? They knew a week out to get all of those people flown in, put in place, and then to stand up, and when one man said this, and one woman said that, and the next man said this, and there was never a mention of Dr. Fauci or anybody else. They just said, here it is. We're going to do this, and that. we're going to do this, and we're going to shut down. They were in the middle of judging sheep, and they continued that and sent all the cattle that were there that morning in the livestock show back to their trailers and sent them back out to Katy to the staging grounds. Okay, and we all just kind of sat there like, well, we knew it was coming. This is for real. Oh, my God. It's worse than for real. It's it, for real. When you say, like, World Trade, it's literally, it was, I remember we were <clears> in that <throat> office, and it was like it was like if you knew the World Trade Centers were going to get attacked, yeah. and you're sitting watching it, waiting yeah. for mm-hmm. the plane, knowing it's coming, because this is, I mean, the county judge, yeah. you know, everybody, and you're watching the this. The mayor. Knowing that, that it's over, and it's coming, and that's, a, I mean, it was. It was like... Waiting for the Titanic it's like, to hit the iceberg. It's you like know, you when knew a, it was coming. When your girlfriend in high school and her friend approaches in the hall and say, I just want to give you a heads up that 
Tanya's probably going to dump you this afternoon. And there's nothing you can do because she's already made it up in her yeah, mind. A, equally as devastating. <laughs> equally as devastating. And you don't know whether to go to your next class, go to the bathroom and puke, go yeah. outside and cry. And I did all those things. <laughs> in that <laughs> order. Three. In that order. High school was a long time ago. It was a blur to me now. Oh. Okay. So it happened. So I remember going out and getting in 17 golf carts, and we went to picking up computers and big screens and little screens. And close off of the rack that we were ready to go for the next 12 days. Packing up the studio. And we packed that studio up, and out the door we went. We went and delivered it and put it away. And I would scheduled the next day to have my motorhome serviced, uh, full service, and washed and waxed. And I said, uh, they said, told us to go home. I said, I ain't going home. I got stuff to do tomorrow. Well, it's the COVID. Oh, you're going to get sick. You could die. And I'm going, it's horseshit. Uh, nothing. It's not going to kill me. And immediately, they hadn't even talked about vaccinations yet. Oh, okay. God, no. Because no. this comes down the road someplace. I want to commend the rodeo business. Um, on my way home that day, I called my real estate partner, Phil Sanders. Uh, he wasn't my real estate partner then, just one of my best friends in life for the last 30 years. And on my way home, I said, I called my wife, and I said, Kristen, We are going to plant a garden 40 by 40, and I still have that garden today, 40 by 40. Very cool. I called Phil, and I said, uh, he's a geek. I had one laptop that I hadn't opened in five years. You know me. I got an iPad and my iPhone. I don't need a laptop. And I said, uh, we got to go do this real estate thing. Speaking, there's Mama. There's Mama. Right now, Colin. Um, (coughs) And we started studying. <clears throat> the very next day. Well, the problem was, <clears throat> pardon me. Need some water? Yeah, yeah. I brought it go. for just for that reason. There you go. Um, we had to adjust. Everybody had to adjust. You went home. Rump went home. I went home. Boyd went home. We all went home. Home. Now, in that going home, the immediate wives, girlfriends, family, and some business associates were all family. So, I mean, we all jammed on a cell phone. Mm. Uh, and we, nobody said, what are we going to do? It's how do we do what needs to be done? Survival. Okay? Because you couldn't find a radio station, a podcast, a TV station, a newspaper that was going to sing a song of any kind of happiness that we're going to be okay. Everything was totally negative. And those that believe in Jesus Christ were the first saved. They were Ooh. saved at the moment, okay? Absolutely. Now, you know I'm big on Jesus. I yep. cuss a little. I'm an ordained minister. And I've lived one hell of a wild life going through life. And then that happened. The rodeo business, 16 months later, said enough is enough. Jeff Davis, four-star rodeos, Cottonwood, California. Yep. Uh, James Miller, general manager then of the Red Bluff Roundup, said we're going to have rodeo. Oh, the the state of California was on them like stink on. Oh, crap. they they that was national news. Yeah, my sister uh, and brother Tim Bridwell they took some horses to it. Oh and, yeah, and uh, you would have thought that they just totally yep bucked the. Oh my God, people in California are gathering, mass gathering. Yeah, They're, they have a concession stand. Holy <clears> shit! <throat> you know? Yeah, we went on in San Angelo. And- it was it was wonderful. It was you know, but that wasn't national news. But California, yeah. West well, see, Texas, that was nah. on uh, that would have been Labor Day. No, uh, it'd be no. Memorial Weekend. Memorial Weekend. It yeah. was May. 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 Yeah. 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 It was about thirteen months later. 
Okay, this is why I'm going to say the rodeo business, the Western lifestyle, the country people that draw city people to mass gatherings where we sing, we pray, we fly the flag, we say the national anthem, we sing the national anthem, and we say the Pledge of Allegiance. It's just standard. We've done that for 200 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was wonderful to get the publicity that we could gather, and they had hanging people hanging out of the rafters that were there and went to the rodeo. Pretty soon, here it comes back. James Miller takes off, and immediately thereafter, in the very next year, he comes back at Red Bluff, 10,000 people in the grandstands. The bigger venues that have bigger audiences, Denver, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Angelo, Jackson, you know, in the wintertime, had to be a little more cautious because of bigger city councils, bigger people with more push, and they held out for two years. The rodeo business, I'm going to say it again, uh, racehorsing picked up and took off. All of the Western lifestyle events just went Okay, that's yeah, the, enough. The PBR, PBR. Yeah, at, PBR. at yep. Guthrie. They, yep. At the Lazy, they had, which still is crazy when you think about it, because, like, when the PBR took off at Guthrie, so you had to be checked when you got there. So you had a, a full COVID test when you got there, but then you had people in your bubble. So, like, there would be four, like, Cody Webster, Frank Newsom, Lucas, and uh, Flint. Flint. Flint there. Yeah, they were in. A bubble. That was their people. Yeah. They could be together. Couldn't have anybody come in. But they couldn't be around anybody else. But the thing is, you got checked before you went in. But, you know, at the time, it was like, oh, thank God we're doing something. Yes. Because I can, and maybe this is a bad comparison, but being injured as I've been injured in the past, when you break a leg or if you blow out a knee, the doctor can tell you, you'll be back in two months. So you can plan to be back in two months. With this situation there was no plan. No one knew the exact date. And when we would get together as friends, like when we were all hanging out, every like, uh-oh, we're getting a phone call. Uh, Logan, Dell, Nevada. Well, shit. Yep. Yeah. Hey, just we're, like flies. We're, we're sorry. We're, we're going to have to cancel. And, and so that, that was a thing for me that when the PBR came back, I kind of had a little hope like, okay, you know, this, this might be – we might be crawling out of the hole, but God, what a terrible – Cave Creek. Cave Creek was the first rodeo back. It was. We went out there. I was there. I mean, Matters went out there. You know, McKee, the, the Cowboy Channel, it was it was the first rodeo back in May. Everybody deserved a break, and everybody got a break. And it, everybody was excited. And it was so weird. It I was. Mean, it was weird having 25%. They had – no, there wasn't even hardly that. I don't believe they so – You could have 25%. They would do an event, and then they would take these sprayers. And, oh, yeah. And disinfect the, the bucket shoes. Right, now, how odd but was here's that? the kicker: we did this during the perf, and you could you had to wear a mask outside. Chuck Kite, I love Chuck. <laughs> Chuck was wearing a mask in bullshit and that Doctor Fauci don't know shit. So he's back there loading. And then after the deal's over, we all go to the bar in Cave Creek, where there's two thousand people. Take the mask off. <laughs> they were they were, yeah. It was I mean, all just, for aesthetics, is what just it was. Partying. Because they fell under the PRCA guidelines, you know. Well, obviously we had that you got to follow so, the rules. So I you had it. to do that, but then the bars. All right, different. Las Vegas had to shut down because of the size of the city and the venue of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Point blank, period. So in ninety-five days between the PRCA and the Texas Rangers Field in uh, Arlington, they reorganized and got the rodeo ready to go twenty twenty. 
First time it had been moved since 1959 when it was in Dallas and then went to Oklahoma City and then went to Vegas, and now they got to move it, and they got 95 days to plan it. These are people that have bought tickets in advance all summer long to go to Vegas, and they couldn't have it. So now they got to do all – we just say, okay, it's just us and the rodeo. What about the vendors? What about the transportation? What about the ticket buyers? What about the printers? What about all of the organization people? I want to commend all of those that were involved. Tom Glaus was new into the system as the president and CEO. Okay, Alan Reinheimer, who is one of the greatest producers of all times, and that immediate group, Glenn Allen. Glenn Allen was Glenn the GM Allen at Glenn Allen Phillips time. was the general manager at that time of the NFR, and they pulled it off. And Raj and I and Andy, Andy Seiler, uh, my great little Florida friend, we all got the job to go to Arlington to do the NFR. Okay, now this place holds 40,000 people. And we're right in the midst of being confused about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. And we were talking about it at dinner last night while you guys were at uh, at uh, Wings. We were eating uh, Wings yeah. and Things. Wings and Things. We were <laughs> eating catfish over here in the tent. And being uh, Shane Simon of Thrill Screen Videos, Rick Salee and all that group, we were talking about getting tested every morning. They'd run that thing in your nose. At, at Dallas, they tested you guys mm-hmm. every day. They every. tested us for 21 days because we had to be there a week early to get used to the process. You pull up in your car the first day, and here come a, here come a lady in a hazmat suit and stick it under your chin. I stuck mine in the Copenhagen the first day. And <laughs> she went, this is strange. You have a sinus infection. I said, yeah, here it is in a little round can. And I just drove off. The next day, I tested, and I did it right, and I was fine. We tested for 18 days straight, some days twice a day. And every time we went in and out of the building, we uh, had to have our temperature taken. It was fine. None of us got sick. There was 35 people on the production crew. Nobody got sick. But there were people that did get sick, and they were in suites and people sitting in the grandstand. My family was there. Your family was there. Your family would have been there. None of us got sick. I got sick 12 days after it was over, and I know I caught it in the doctor's office. It, I, it is crazy how nobody on that staff got it. I know uh, who popped. Was it Jacob? Um, um, oh, God, Brown Cratter, world champion. Uh, didn't he pop? I think he did, yeah, yeah. They had a calf roper. Jacob Crawley. Jacob Crawley. God, I can't. Caleb Schmidt was the. Uh, yeah, Caleb, Caleb Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. Um, Cost him but, a world title. But let me tell you. Oh, and everybody the one else. Like stockyards. Yeah. Packed. That's and where we it were. was a it was a spreader. It, it was everybody a, got COVID. We. <laughs> I mean, my wife Whitney got COVID. Of course, she's in the Maverick. And those stockyards, I, it was insane. There was people everywhere. And Kissing we, on the mouth. They, oh, they were just hugging. I mean, it was like nothing because people were glad to be out you, there. You know the funniest thing about that whole deal? So Pro Fantasy Rodeo, which is one of our, our great supporters and something that we deal with, Pro Fantasy Rodeo gave away a Tesla that year, okay? They give away a brand-new Tesla. So this Tesla is parked in front of the, the stockyards, in front of the Cowtown Coliseum. Well... Uh, Brady Hagman with Pro Fantasy Rodeo forgets to lock the Tesla. And that night, a cop found two people making love in the giveaway car. Do you remember that? Yes. Right in front of the booth. And the next, I didn't believe the next day we got out there, there were handprints on the window. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the, the Model T in uh, Titanic or whatever Oh, it, it did. But, you know, everybody down there, they were like, 
the people in the stockyards were like, screw COVID, we don't give a shit. They're passing around bottles of whiskey for we, like we did 20 a shot people. of tequila with Betsy, the mayor of Fort Worth, oh, yeah. on our live show. Oh, yeah. We did you know? do that. And Bet- um, Betsy Price. Betsy Price. Well, but, uh, thank you. She saved my life. Um, I was on a VIP list, and I called her office that morning when I uh, I thought, I've got a fever, it's bad. And she says, go here. They put me in the front of the line. They tested me, and then they said, we'll know in about five minutes. In about 30 seconds, this officer, police officer, comes over. He said, Bob, you're hotter than a pistol. You go, pistol, you go to Baylor right now. And I took the drip. But they call it, it's a slam, whatever it was. And they only had like 3,000 units of it in Fort Worth. And so all of the Fort Worth people that, you know, were managing the city, they got it first. I and some other people got to have it. And um, Good to be Bob Tallman. Yeah. It was a, a bam is what they called it. And it was good. I mean, President Trump had had it. Nancy Pelosi had had it. Chuck Schumer had had it. I figured I'm good enough to get it. Well, yeah. So I'll take it. Well, on the way home, they told me. I lied to him and told him that I had somebody coming to get me. I guarantee you what, I did get sick. Ooh. And between that and the COVID, and for 48 hours, I was, yeah, pretty much upside down, bad fever and the rest of it. I don't want to get into all of that. We all survived, and thank you, Jesus, for that. But here's the deal. I want to go back and reiterate one point. As Boyd would say, the caveat is, and this is it, the Western lifestyle entertainment world. The three of us, the rodeo business, the PBR, the horse racing, it all came back. The cutters went back to cutting. Uh, the rainers went back to raining. The Western world survived, and we showed the rest of the world not be stupid but be brave. Mm-hmm. Take some precautions, and we found out the masks didn't work. And my final comment on this issue is this. We have become a society of belief of what CNN and Fox News is telling us. We have become a society of immediately oh, looking for something, Benadryl, for your hives. When Van Halen healed him, I do believe that the <laughs> yep. rhythm in that music made yes. the difference. We have become a society so susceptible to fear mm. of common everyday news that we can't operate anymore. And we're in Abilene, Texas at the West Texas Fair and Rodeo. We had a fatality here the other night. Prove it to all, we will survive. And I watched for 45 minutes people stand, and I said, quit wringing your hands, pray. I, we, uh, our young sound man, Hammy, hadn't got here yet, and uh, uh, he and Rumpf have been in Fort Madison where I got to go two weeks ago, which was absolutely awesome. We'll talk about it. Um, the thing is, people, pull your head out. People, think about taking vitamins. I, I'm a big believer in it. Um, people. Do not become susceptible to making knee-jerk reactions over what the news is projecting because the news sells fear, okay? Now, I love to watch the news. I watch CNN and I watch Fox News. I listen to the news, so forth and so on. I now, at my age, wished I'd have become a weatherman because it's the best-paying job for being wrong and inaccurate on anything else. And I don't want to be a doctor on TV, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. You know, when you're talking about the the news spreading, uh, and, you know, just just like when the the accident that happened here last Saturday night. Yep. I mean, by the time that happened, I mean, everybody knew. Everybody was calling me, hey, 
Did you- I got a text from Piala from Wayne Brooks going, did y'all have an accident? And no. this was within 30 minutes of that young boy. Uh, tonight, we're going to uh, do a memorial thing for him and Butch Albus, who's a, one of the past guys on the committee for 50 years. And uh, his name is Skeet Dukes. He comes from Henrietta, Texas. Young boy in the bronc riding. Back cinch broke. Ranch bronc riding. Yeah, ranch bronc riding. Horse hit the ground. Um, and he went over the front end. He hit the ground. I'm sure it broke his neck. And then kicked him in the top of the head with both hind feet. It was over. He never moved. He was dead instantly. Okay? I'm not a doctor, but I was present. I've seen it a dozen times, a dozen in 50 years. I have seen fatal accidents. Okay. How do you how do you even I was telling Hambone about this last night in, in this sport and we we take it too lightly about how dangerous oh my god everything that we do is. We don't even think about it after a while cuz it's just but you know we had a we had Cowboy Kenny on motocross racer last week yeah. talking about it and and I told Hambone I said I I don't know how I could have went on because uh as a clown I can't imagine you know hauling this poor kid off and uh, and then going you know what we we have to keep going well it took I, 45 I, minutes i couldn't yeah. do it and for an announcer like uh, as a clown i can slip out the gate and say you know what i'm out but how do you how do you even talk and and shout out to you bob because i'm telling everybody you. i've said that you handled a horrible horrible situation better than anybody in the world could possibly like how do you even sit up there and 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 say, you know what, we're going to talk through this. It was the beginning of the show, correct? It was the it fourth was, yeah. horse out. Fourth horse out, and we had two young ranch bronc riders yet to go. Here's what happened. It took less than a second for it to to execute the, the, the moment. Okay, mm-hmm. Horse hit, saddle rolls, he hits, flops, it's over. Um, I was, this is 40 years ago at Red Bluff, California, the first time I ever saw a Reagan come alongside of a young man's head. And did the same exact thing. It exploded. People don't understand how much pressure there is in the body. And when you decapitate and or blow the top of your head off, if I may be, you know, honest Gruesome, about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, everything comes with it. Blood flow, body parts, so forth and so on. Those two pickup men rode to him and covered for the moment. The committee... I didn't even call for the EMTs. The first words out of my mouth, as you've both heard me say it a thousand times, the first best medicine is prayer. Let's take a moment and do that immediately. And I asked people, I said, don't wring your hands, put your hands together for prayer. Don't grind your toes in your shoes. Sit, breathe for a minute. Because you can create panic in an audience of 5,000 people or 500,000 people in an instant by saying the wrong thing and less is more. And immediately I reached over to young man, uh, Nick, Nick Carlson, yep. and I said, Nick, I need some soft, no lyrics, uh, gentle music. And uh, he got it, and I said, up a little more, up a little more, and then we went on. Rhythm, just like Van Halen, okay, for your hives. Rhythm runs the world, and you know how much I love playing music at a rodeo. You, you, you do all of that, but you all have taught me. Um, I used to have a sound system. 
uh, 100 years ago, I think we've talked about it on mm-hmm. Rum Chat. It was a different story, but I learned then about rhythm, and you can you can maneuver people's first intent, secondly, their mind, third, their bodies, and you can drive them with music over here. You can drive them with music over there. You can get them excited as we rev them up and have learned different audiences what to do with it. In that instant, there was no way in the world uh, the EMTs come running with the backboard, of course, and we open the gates, and here come one ambulance, and here come another. And it was like somebody was out there directing them. So I'm going to give God the credit. One parked here, one parked here. The tractor came here. The pickup men were there. All our rodeo committee volunteers, Lane Engel and his group here. Chuck and, and, and West and the bullfighters. Yep. I think West was the first one. And Chuck, so what one they did there. is they blocked as much of the visual as you could see. Well, there wasn't anything going to be flopping and popping. They all looked. Um, Teaspoon and his volunteers on the athletic, uh, you know, that take care of our cowboys, yep. cowgirls. They surrounded the situation, and they they knew that it wasn't going to be cleaned up in three minutes or 30 minutes. It takes time. Now you have not only a social issue with a fatality, but you have a, a live responsibility with the sheriff, Ricky um, uh, our sheriff and the sheriff's department were just perfect, and they took care of it. So as long as I could see doctors, nurses, kind, EMTs, and um, the right people in the right place, you got to give them time. They, they uh, you know, when talking with one of the sports medicine gals last night yeah. that was out there, and uh, she, because obviously Rump and I weren't here, like you said, but she said that she, the paramedic, she's like, you know, he's gone. Yeah. And she says, well, we can't transport fatality. No. We can transport critical, but we can't transport fatality. Yes. So they had to get all that, you know, and they're, and, and she was on the phone with nine. She goes, call 911. She goes, what do you mean you are 911? You know, this is a sports medicine talking to the EMT. She goes, no, you don't get it. And that, you know, I can't. We can't do anything about it. Well, we when can't, the, we the can't sheriff went down there, that made it official. Now he can, he can, yes, yeah. um, declare it a fatality. Big prayers to that family. Yeah, absolutely. That just, is, you know, just terrible. But how would he, you like to be Rochelle Johnson? The fair manager had to call his mom. Mm. It's just, you yeah. know, it's bless her heart. It's just, it doesn't seem fair. And uh, as you were talking earlier about Jesus gives you the peace that passes all understanding. And uh, while we don't understand why these things happen, you know, they do. I mean, throughout, and but, you know, honestly, looking back over rodeo, I was thinking we're, we're kind of blessed that it doesn't happen more oh, often. All the, all the times that people nod their head, I don't care if you're in a breakaway. Yeah. I mean, there is still a chance. This is, this is, you're dealing with animals. A 1,400-pound horse could fall over on you in the team rope. Anytime. You know? It's, it's, uh, so you know, and, say, these, and this say and big that, prayers before you do anything. Yeah. And that kid, that kid knew it, you know. Um, everybody knows it, especially on the rough stock end. Well, okay. you, I don't think I, you think about it, though. No, like, you don't. You, you just, can't. You don't want to because it, it'll bury you. Uh, there's where faith takes over for your future, the moment and the future. We had to come back and ride two more of those bucking horses. Uh, Benny Butler, our producer th- that night, um, stood as stoic as I've ever seen him. And um, the audience did. And when we knew it was totally done, 
uh, Buddy Reynolds, one of our judges, I said, would you please go out and just get me a visual and come back and tell me. Well, he walked about halfway back, and he reached up, and he went like this. It's over. And I went, oh, my God. Okay. Um, I it Again, it the faith took over. So I just said, uh, for those of you not standing, if you're able to, um, I'd appreciate it if you would. And I just started praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, out loud. And it wasn't a big response from the audience. It was soft, but you could hear them because I waited, like when we do sing-alongs. Mm. And that was it when I knew they had seven or eight minutes. Now, we had to clean that arena up. Everybody who was sitting there had to look at that spot. Oh, well, that's the thing. When something like that happens, you have thousands of people watching. Yeah. Weston yeah. said a lot of people left. Oh, maybe a hundred out of five thousand. Oh well. And I and there were family units that kind of got up, what, maybe uh, teenage kids or under, and uh, I don't blame them. No, understandable. Yeah, they didn't buy a ticket, you know, to see that. But I'm, I'm uh, looking at it on the on, on the backside. Uh, it can happen. I've seen, as I said, a dozen maybe, and some of them were more gruesome than that. But it happens at other rodeos that we're not aware of until a month later, a week later. Mm-hmm. These days, with electronic capabilities, commun- yeah, communicate travel because that travels fast. I got text there in in uh, Fort Madison, you know, about it, and I had no idea. Yeah, but well, uh, and moving on past <laughs> that, but on yeah. the sa- same kind of thing is, um, I wish that I could have rodeoed years ago. Like, I, I mean, I love what I'm doing now. But I wish I could have been a rodeo clown back in the Ted Kimsey days, you know, because it was wild. There was, you know, I would, it would, I, I sometimes wake up in the morning and I have phone calls and I don't want to answer the phone. And I have, you know, people call like even nice people like, hey, just drove by your place and seen, you know, this or that. And like, I don't want to answer the phone. Like, I can't imagine how good it must have been to rodeo back in the day where if someone wanted to, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you had to go to a pay phone. Or, like, if you did anything, like, it's not going to be on Facebook within two minutes. Like, I, w- I would love to go back. I watched the old videos, and we started watching the – and you, you announced on a lot of the, the old Bull Rider only videos. Oh, yeah. But so I've been watching these YouTube videos, and uh, back in the day, I mean, just riding bulls and people wearing scarves and the puffy vests and riding Bronx and Hawkeye getting thrown into the buck and shoot when there's a horse in it. At the NFR, and they turn the horse out, and Hawkeye's fine. Up, goes, yeah, Ta-da! I mean, yeah, the glory days of rodeo, man, that must have been cool because there is so much information. And and you know, I do the joke about the cell phone in the rodeo, but I also kind of mean it because it sucks when you're out there entertaining, and Nobody's hundreds and hundreds of people are looking at their phone. Like people can't just enjoy. So many, and it's not just rodeo. It's beyond I, an addiction. Like I went to uh, when we went to the Chiefs games last year. We're at the Chiefs game, right? Uh, with Hambo's brother Andy, with my wife Cody <laughs> Webster and his wife uh, Tim O'Connell, and and, he, and you were we're at the Chiefs. We paid a lot of money for these tickets. It's Monday Night Football, and they're playing the Raiders. Look over, this dude is on his phone most of the time, uh-huh. looking at Facebook. Like, dude, do you not? Know where you're at. Paid $175 for a good ticket, and you're taking there, up space. There was a guy, this was a couple years ago, and uh, it was at a golf tournament. 
and it's Tiger or somebody's teeing off. Oh, I saw And that. everybody's in the background has their phone up, video owner taking a picture, and one guy standing there holding a beer, no phone in hand, but he's just standing there watching everybody around him. 50 people have got their phones out, and he's the only one. And it was a, it was a Michelob Ultra. And so Michelob Ultra contacted him, and, like, they did all this stuff with him because he was taking it in, you know. And you see that every once in a while. When the queen is walking down, you know, everybody's every, – when God rest her soul, when she was alive, they'd all be videoing. And there was one old lady sitting there with her arms on I the, on the rail, you know, just looking at it, and everybody else is videoing, you know. You got you totally. to take it in. And I'm, I'm, I tell you, I'm – I get it. I'll, I'll, you know, Gus and them running, chasing sheep at Fort Madison. Well, I, I get my that phone was, out. Oh, I love that. That was video. cute as shit. That, that was cute. He and stole I, the show. I try not to check my phone, but here's the deal. Like, my phone just beeped, and J.B. Mooney missed FaceTime call. <laughs> Do you want to get him on? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll wait on that. No, uh, we can get him on and talk about his retirement. Boy, I hate that. Uh, I hate to go out like that, you know. But JB what, with, a, with what surgery, else? you know, forced out. But that that JB was just amazing. Well, he's got nothing else to prove. I mean, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, no, it's no. fine. He talked about the love of the game. I he should have had a Tylenol or an Advil endorsement for the last five years. That's a. Tough, I don't know a tougher human being. Well, you don't need that I, when you I'm, got beer and cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, no. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to miss him in the arena. I'll miss outside this trailer <laughs> drinking coffee. Having breakfast, the kids running around. You when know, he we, brings his kids for your kids we and they're had, open the we dummy. We had a big time in Estes Park. He stayed a few days, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, he'd come over and drink beer and or, or Spanish Fork. To, you know, the year before last, when you were there, he'd come over. <laughs> of course, we weren't up yet. He was up <laughs> for drink because he don't sleep. But yeah, you you know that guy. Uh, you as we talk about how things have changed, um, Rumford Rodeo Company back in the eighties. I, when I was home uh, on my way to Ellsworth, Kansas, I stopped in to see my grandma. Of course, she's kept everything. She's like Cotton Rosser did. Like, there's nothing that she's thrown away in, in 94 years yeah. of her being alive. We had, at our little Kansas rodeos, Iola, Mound City, uh, Hillsboro, Kansas, Kingfisher, Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, Kingman, Kansas. We had two perf rodeos where we had a full slack in the bull riding. We would buck 24 oh, bulls. Yeah. Eight o'clock in the morning. At eight o'clock in the morning, bull riding slack at every rodeo we had in the eighties and uh, or, uh, even into the nineties. Nowadays, you have a five thousand dollar out of bull riding, you might not get fifteen people. You can now, have a ten thousand out of bull now. Riding. JB is a throwback in that that guy loves riding, craves it, can't get enough of it, and and I don't mean to call it the young kids because there's a lot of young talent that uh, has to try. But it just doesn't seem like they have the the want, the fire that JB has. You know, uh, the fire that Shane Proctor has. You know, that oh those guys that just want to, they just can't wait to ride bulls. But I'm going to say it about both of them right now. They're both great dads. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. They're great dads. Little Cooley, whenever she's, um, his wife is working as a trick rider, uh, that baby girl, he's got her on his shoulders dragging props. Uh, Shane Proctor mm-hmm. and I watched the videos and been around JB Mooney forever and um, he's made a great dad that, that's important to me mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and uh, I don't talk about how much money he's won 7 million dollars I talk about him being a dad I do the same thing about Casey Field I say the same thing <clears throat> the other night right here um, about uh, <laughs> uh, 
Seven-time world champion bull rider. JB. Uh, oh, Sage. Sage Kimsey. JB. There he was. Seven million, not seven times. Sorry. Okay, there he is. Seven hold, Holding me. baby steel. Yeah. And I want people to understand that we are a real society. We're dads. I'm a grandfather. Um, we're families. We share our families. Um, and when nobody wants to fight, we fight with each other. It's the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. Bobby Steiner and I are in Fort Madison the other morning. Yep. Somebody said, you know, to me one time, what's the hardest you ever been hit? I said, Bobby Steiner. <laughs> knocked me <coughs> Where everything did he that punch I <laughs> Where Right did... in the eye, knocked my eye out. Had Why? Um, we were all at a big party in Oklahoma City <laughs> after the finals, and uh, they were fighting over a guitar. And I grabbed it, and Jerry Jeffrey hid in the bathroom. And somebody else got a hold of it, and out the door we went, about nine of us, and just fists of flying. And I didn't need to be there, but if it hadn't been for Jerry Jeff Walker's doctor, Dr. Don Counts in Austin, Texas, sewed it up, pouring tequila over the top of it, my dad <laughs> holding it together while he sewed it in the parking lot in front of a truck light. <laughs> Hardest I've ever been hit in there my life, is. and I've been knocked out a time <clears throat> or two. And Bobby Steiner and I have been friends for 50 years. Yeah. Okay. You ever talk about the punch anymore? We did the other morning. <laughs> Sid and I, and we had a bunch of people there. Tony Baxter yeah, yep. was there. We were having it breakfast at his hotel. Um, here's the deal. For those of you that are listening that don't know rodeo, Rump went way back, and I can go back farther than that. And um, I mentioned last night about your grandmother and your mom yeah, and your dad live, and I did it because it sparked my memory about people that I have loved and been loved by, and they've shared their family with me, you included. I mean, you know, um, I remember when your kids were born, but I remember when you were born. Yeah. Okay. It was a good day. And your beautiful sister, and so forth and so on. And Hammy's family, and I go back three generations, and uh, two with your dad and your mom. Yeah. And... um what we all put together today. This all alludes back to my opening comment. The rodeo family, the rodeo industry, the rodeo savings grace. I am going to stay till the day I die giving credit brought us back out of COVID. And uh, I know that today now they're calling it the flu, okay? I am unvaccinated for those of you that care about it. Cost me some jobs in Canada. Cost- Calgary. Yeah, it's all right. I spent 41 years there. Um, did all I could do. Now I go back to Cloverdale in the spring. Um, I love the Canadians. I just don't like their rules. I love somebody else for this, but might not like their rules. Well, get over it. Time is a non-renewable natural resource, and if you go back in time and look at all the negatives, you will you'll miss the time this afternoon. You know, that's, that's my biggest COVID regret, looking back. Uh, I wish that instead of for months being on eggshells and worried and I know. just how I acted, which it was not good. I mean, I wish that if I could do that over, I would have went home and had the peace saying, you know what? This is all going to be fine. And just enjoyed. Yeah. Something I've never done is just being home. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, because you were on the edge quite a bit. I was like, oh, you my were, God, what scared. are we doing? I was. Well, like, we were all a little scared, but. 
You know, it'll never happen again. I well, knock on wood. But but if it I don't does, think people won't allow it. You know what I mean? Because no. before that had never happened, so we were kind of having to go with it all. And now they're gonna go, no bullshit, no Fauci, no government. You're not gonna, you're not shutting us. Down. You know, it's just like okay, you're on a plane. A a guy gets up with a knife or box cutter. You think he's gonna take it down? Hell no! I'm getting up and I'm whooping his ass, or oh. I'm gonna say, you know, we, you know what I mean? If you go back, those people if that had done been done before, what happened with the World Trade Centers or or Flight 93 or the Pentagon? Well, Flight 93, they did. They took their ass down, and that's why it saved, yeah. you know, put, yeah. put them in the field. But, but I don't never. Uh, I think it's Flight 93. Anyway, and it don't matter. But what I'm saying is that ain't gonna happen again. You know what I mean? So we've learned from it. Now, what I want to ask you: What are the blessings? What are the blessings that came from COVID? I, I will tell you mine. I learned through that to to slow down and enjoy Thank my you. family. Thank you. And I've been such a better, way better family man yeah. since then because I'm not going to get caught up. And, you know, when it's so hard, it, and you guys both would know this, it's so hard when you're in this business that we have a great job. We got an easy job. But it's nonstop, and when you work for yourself, you don't ever. There's never a minute off, and so people when they tell me, especially at home, be like, "Oh man, dude, you guys got it going on, just cruising around in your nice rigs and going to new places." I'm like, "Yeah, but you you're always on the clock. You never get off the clock. You're always okay. I need if to you do aren't this, doing it, do you're this. planning the next one. Correct. It's not like a normal job where okay, you don't you get off at five, you you check out." Guess what? You go home, you're not worried. You don't care if your company makes an extra dollar because you're not getting paid an extra dollar. When you work for yourself, and the, my, my big takeaway from that is that I've learned that there's times to shut off and just be a dad, to Bitch. just be a husband, yep. to, to just take care of your family because Ponca City, I have got a lot of friends that love me, and I got a lot of great family. I got a lot of great family on the road, but it, it's just I, I've learned so much through that to just let it go. Go home, you know, uh, shut your phone off. I've been spending so much time with my kids, and they're, they're nine, and it's just I can't believe they're nine. It's almost uh, scary. I, I hated that when I was little. God, look at you, Justin. I remember you were two foot tall. <laughs> now, I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. You know, yes. like the song, uh, the every oh, gosh dang, it's uh, the song lyric that says, uh, it's all the same, only the names have changed. And you think about that in rodeo, like all the all the bon people Jovi. that Every used to day. rodeo are their kids are here now and they're grown and mine are nine and I'm like, I I'm letting time slip away. You only have your family for a while. Look yep. through my eyes. I'm you watching. Know? Oh my I'm gosh. watching grandkids. And so Talk, I, we we talked about this last night with Jimmy Powers, Houston Powers, and now Slim yeah. and Sam. Okay, Slim and Sam's going to send kids that you're going to get to watch. I might last long enough to see him as well. I mean, that was just yesterday. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's it's Tallman holding Gus the NFR, and he's just an infant. You know, that was yesterday. He wasn't and, but a month old. And now he's he's out running around with Big Bear. Yeah. And Wear, Tuck. Wearing clown paint, picking up beer cans, him and Xander fighting each other <laughs> smoking, over bikes. Smoking cigarette butts. But anyway. I, I will tell you, the, the, that's the, <laughs> yes? that was my main... <laughs> That was my main blessing of COVID was it really well, you, taught me to slow down and enjoy life and not worry about everything. I, I, I would definitely have to say San Angelo. You know, the opportunity to go down there and, 
and be a part of that association and what it's allowed me to do. I'll tell you what it did. Be a part you. of a team that has done, it not me. It made you a family man better, and um, I take a little credit to talking Hammy into leaving home in Sydney, Iowa, and coming to Texas to live with me for a while. That is – and I, um, I, I live in Texas because of Bob Tolman. Yep. Yeah. But – uh, moving to San Angelo, taking that job, leap of faith, and it was. Uh, you have doubled, you have doubled the production of the rodeo, and I've been there with you as a rodeo announcer with Boyd. Yep, in the big in the big building. Yep, been there with you with one of my favorite events in the world with the Fiesta Open, uh, and uh, October twenty eighth and 9th, If you listen to this podcast in time, you make San Angelo, Texas, a destination. You need to come see this two days of the greats and the calf roping, uh, some team roping, the steer trip and the wild horse racing, uh, the concerts, the, you name Double it. mugging. Double mugging. Matched horse race. Oh, my God. Cody Ole is going to match Brent Lewis. I'm gonna, uh, I love Cody Ole and I love Brent, and, but you got to pick one. Who are you going with? I'm picking Brent. He's tough as nails. He's I watched ca- a video a of him roping, roping on Grumpy with no bridle at, at Pocatello. Oh, yeah. I mean, 1995. I just watched that video this morning. Like Charmaine James running out of the arena at the NFR with a bridle down on old Scamper's chest. Um, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick because I will be the voice guy along with Kurt, and we will have a lot of stats. But this won't be a rodeo announcer's place to talk about rodeo. This is going to be a place to talk about their lifestyles, and I've watched them both for since they were both young men. Yep. And if we can hold Cody Old's rehab with that knee and everything else, I was there the night, uh, Boyden right in front of him, 10 feet away from yeah. him, yep. when he yeah, reached far. in his hip pocket and got that spider coat knife and cut that rope and then crawled up that rope and tied that calf. Uh, sheer pain beyond. Uh, that wasn't trauma. That was three marks above trauma. And just physically how tough he is. But then Pinon, as I call him, uh, Brent Lewis, of what I've seen him do, this is a guy you cannot rattle, okay? You cannot rattle this man. Um, you know he's going to have five horses there, and he'll ride the two that probably fit him best for the calves. And if you've never been to a match calf roping, folks, you need to come see this. I've been a calf roping fan all of my life. I love the bronc riding, but I love the calf roping. Because of the intricacy of the horsemanship, the ability to rope, flank, and tie, and and never look over your shoulder at that horse until you're done, knowing that he's going to do his part. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. And, uh, again, if I may advertise, October 28th and 9th, San Angelo, Texas, for the Cinch um, Fiesta Roping uh, 2023. It will be a history-making event. Well, even if and you... Hammy, you have been a big part of making all that work. I'm very proud of you of what you've done there. Well, even Thank if you. you're not a big Calf Roping fan, uh, it's fun to go there just to hang out. Like, oh, they oh got yeah. The, the beer, beer gardens. Beer, the like, beer is flowing. Like, I went the, the first the year Pendleton just... Pendleton whiskey's flowing. I was supposed to be working, but I mo- spent most of the time just hanging out. You, <laughs> yeah, it's like a family reunion. I've seen people at the Roping Fiesta well, that I, I haven't seen for 20 years. I came into that event never going. Right, that was the first event. It was, so it was, we got we moved down there in June of 2020, living in this trailer on the grounds. We didn't have a place. Wit was and Gus were kind of back and forth. They were we were you know still in Weatherford, but yeah. So I never I didn't know how it goes, but I just knew there was a lot of dead space. So the first thing I did was bring in Bob. That was the very first thing I said. We're going to bring Tallman in because if there's anybody who can fill space, it's Bob Tallman, and it's the crowd at that you know what it, it's a uh, 
the crowd would get. I mean, they Bob is Bob, right? Yeah. So I'm um, Bob. You want Tomlin, a rodeo voice? For we that. wanted an iconic voice with an iconic event, and then nobody better than Bob. And then so, Ed giving me rump. And then I'm like, okay, so there's a bunch of dead time. Let's bring in Rump for giveaways. He wasn't in his gear. You know, he just, I just needed a hype guy. And, and uh, we did. We had fun. I remember going through that and Cody Ole sitting over on the, in the chairs. They, they, some of the old timers, they sit right in the arena on the fence. And uh, he, he, we kind of caught eyes and he looked over and he gave me a big thumbs yeah. up. He said, like, and that was, hey, good job because it was going downhill. You know, and not, not to nobody's. It just it was an event that. Well, I mean, that, that crowd. Well, that every... crowd. It you know the crowd was a. It's an old crowd in the nineties. You couldn't get a seat. Early two thousands when Fred and Cody were matching oh, all I, the time. I went to that. You I, could not get a seat in that place. I went to that Robin Fiesta with a, with my old brother in law who, still a great friend, an awesome dude, one of the best tie down ropers that never gets talked about. I went to the Robin Fiesta with Drone Sneeberger. Yep. Went back in the day. Old cheese. And old cheese. Yeah, we went down there and, uh, you know, Herb Terrio and, and that group. Um, you know, Tommy Guy, who was here last night. Yeah. Old Tommy Guy. I mean, that, that group of ropers, which uh, there's, there's great ropers now, but there was a – that group of ropers in the 2000s was just amazing. Pretty and, legit. And, I mean, we got great ones now with Ty Harris and, of course, with Shad Mayfield. So much talent. But that event, like, the first year I went – I used to go to the Mike Johnson roping. I wasn't even a calf roping fan, but I'd just go with Jerome. And I'd just go to the beer stands and hang out. And I had a blast because it was fun. The, when Mike Johnson had his uh, big roping right after Christmas. In Oklahoma. Right, yeah, yeah. right in, in Tulsa. Dude, it was a blast. It was a all-day party. And people like that didn't even rope calves, like the Duvals would come up there just to hang out. <laughs> and we would all sit around and tell stories, and it was just – it was just one of the most fun deals. So that's why I like the, the, the Rope and Fiesta because, in the words of Roger Mooney, we got something for you. You know, if, you, if you're a fan of the horse, we've got horses. If you're not, if you want to come to party, if you like to drink beer, they got awesome concessions. Like, it's just a cool deal. And I like the afternoon settings. Yeah. It's like getting to go to the pit at the NASCAR race. Because, you know, <laughs> that's one thing I love about California rodeos. I like the afternoon performances, like in Red I Bluff. I do, and, too. And in Tucson, but you you know afternoon perfs. I don't like afternoon perfs at like college rodeos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't like I but don't like, like them when it's followed by a night perf. After <laughs> yeah, afternoon performances. I'll buy that one. <laughs> and like being done at the Open Fiesta by five. Yeah. Is awesome. Then you go to Los Fuentes and spend like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> Western skies and eat. Uh, burned ends. We uh, ninety-two you know, pounds of meat, and uh, we made a leap and, and spent some money on Eli Young Band coming in this year. And <clears throat> Benji brings in his great stage and lights and sound. So, is it going to be right next to the arena? Yeah, right next to the beer stand. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not up right on the behind arena. my motorhome. Pr- yeah, yeah, pretty. You're going to hear this <laughs> a bump, bump, bump. No, bump. he won't be in bed because I mean, really, the concert. Oh no, we'll be gonna, there. The concert will be done by nine nine thirty. Yeah. Because, you know, everything, and that's with two acts, you know, and so because we start at one in the afternoon, so you think that's, well, so it'll be interesting. We've never done the matched horse race. That's, we're still working out things with that. Like it's. Are you going to run from the rope and shoots to the end of the arena? From the end of the arena to the rope and shoots, but the finish line we're, we're projecting is going to be about where the bleachers start. Oh, my. So they Could can you have? Pull. It's only going to be about 400 feet. Which is still a pretty good ways because this what they do here at the Western Heritage in April 
on the outdoor May, track. On the outdoor track, it's 600. So this is going to be about four, four, 450. You couldn't use starting gates, though, huh? No, what they do is they, what, like, just like here. I had uh, Todd Robinson, the, the guy who helps run the races, came down and met with this great guy, um, uh, Rochelle. You know, we're going to get their list of, of, of players and contact them. And uh, anyway, and what they do is they cross the line. And as soon as those horses are standing, not sideways, they're looking one way, both of them. And they're across the line. That guy, there's a guy there that drops the flag, and they go, and they spin around and go. Can you gamble on it? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Just kidding. Oh uh, my god. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. There'll be a million dollars trade hands in forty eight hours. And what I want to do is walk them down from the time of an end. So you walk in front of all those people all the way to the end, and everybody's going, ooh, I like that, uh, I like that luck, bay horse. Get a good I'll give five bucks on the bay. Okay, I'll match you. I'll take that gray son of a bitch. Give me, you know, and then and that, that's what's fun. It's just like here. You know, when, when they do it here, you know, you always bet a dollar. That was the thing. Bet a dollar. Hey, I'll get a dollar on the brown horse or whatever. You know, it was, it was I, the one but time here I – here now they start on a turn. They start right over here in front of us right where we're parked. They start on that turn, and they come around and go that way. Oh, they switched eight ways. Yeah. They don't Can you, doesn't come this way now? Oh, okay. Okay, I might, I might sound like I don't know what I'm talking about here. But so. It's all right. I made a living doing it for 50 <laughs> years. Yeah. So just anybody, like, can, uh, do they ride racehorse saddles or no, uh, like jockey? Or is this Western? No, it's Western. It's, it's, and it's so, mostly women because lighter. of the lighter frame. Yeah. So it's mostly women. I'd say 95% so of it are women. Is, is there a rule that you have to have a Western style saddle for this? I don't no, but it would think be so. to your best advantage to have the, the lighter the saddle, the lighter the jockey, the less that the horse is carrying. And control has nothing to do with it. Well, you got to get pulled up. <laughs> so you might want a horn to grab onto because you got to get pulled up. So it'll be different. And we, it's, I, we've got. Whose idea was that? Because I think it's a great idea. I love mine. And I love horse racing. You really, know that. We're really trying to work through it. And it, time is crunching down on us, but we'll get it done. But it's just, it's like. Oh God! That's the only. That's the last thing left on my the big thing left. And I go, why do I do this to myself? Um, why can't we just? But I would just want to push that event. To, it's your character to excel, both of you. Um, um, let me be old guy here just for a minute, thinking about where the two of you came from, where your parents came from, and uh, the scene set um, of where your grandparents came from. Okay, I'm 76 years old in a month. And wow. my, my idea of ever slowing down, um, my hero in life has been Hadley Barrett, and he went till he was 88. And um, here's the deal. Music, we've talked about it and what rhythm can do for you. Yeah. Okay. Excitement and what it can do for you. As a kid, I can remember I was about five, six years old, my my dad took me and my mother to Elko, Nevada, from Orvada, Nevada, Winnemucca, to watch Casey Tibbs ride a bucking horse at the rodeo at Elko. And I learned something out of that. First of all, my dad thought enough of him that he was a great bronc rider, world champion. And to take my mom, who was enamored with cowboy guys and stuff, uh, she's an immigrant from Italy, came through Ellis Island in, I think, 1911. Hmm. And so I was the tag-along kid, got to go. Casey Tibbs, when my dad confronted him to introduce him to my mom, he stopped, took his hat off with one hand, and took my mother's hand 
and gave her a smooch on the hand as he did it and said, you know, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it was. I, since that day, have always taken my hat off for the ladies. And like little girls, you get to go meet them and stuff, and you just reach down if, if they're big enough, you know, and give them a little smooch on the fingers. You can see it in their eyes. It's never happened to them before, and it changes their life. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just one instant that I remember as a kid. Then I rode wild Mustang horses in the horse race as a jockey because I was a little guy. Yeah. When I was a freshman in high school, I stood 5'1", weighed 105 pounds. When I graduated, I was 6'1", weighed 135. So I could ride the wildest horses in the world. And a lot of them we went and gathered and caught them and kind of got a three-day break on them and went on the racetrack at Winnemucca on Labor Day riding them. And all you had to do was jaw them enough to keep them off the rail. And away you went. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. No Luck- way. Luckily, I'm overweight, so I would be a terrible <laughs> jockey. But <laughs> What the two of you have experienced in the last, let's say, 30 years. Okay, how old are you, I mean? 40. 42. Okay. Since you were 10 years old, you have been inundated with opportunity to choose your later in life, life lifestyle and didn't even know it because of the people you were raised by. The surroundings that you have been involved in, which has kept you in the Western entertainment world as a sphere, as the whole globe, okay? Then each of you found out where you could go and do what you could do, and then you've brought it back together to do it together with me and so many other people that, uh, that we're blessed to have you do what the both of you do. Now, life changes a little bit. Nine-year-old triplets. Um, Gus is how old? There'll be four next month. Okay. And I saw that picture of three years and 11 months ago, a minute ago on your phone, um, of knowing how all of this works. Now you've got the toughest job in your life at 40 years old. You have to figure out how you're going to deal with society and what society is going to lay out in front of you. You have to figure out with the good incomes that you both are capable of making of how to continue and reinvest not only the money but your time. People say, well, um, I have this amount of money. I got that amount of money. Money is the root of all evil. Either too much or not enough is horrible. Too much makes you lax. Not enough makes you envious. What you need to do is invest your time in making those decisions of how you're going to grow your families, what you're going to start thinking about in education with 16-year-old grandkids, Um, I have been for the last 10, 12 years putting money away so that they'll have an opportunity for college if they choose to go to college or a tech school or whatever that they want to do. trade school. Yeah, trade school of some kind. And I know that my grandkids are not going to be doctors or lawyers or television stars that I know of. So they have to understand that you understand that you have been planning. And it's not too early in life, maybe for Gus at four, but your triplets, of starting to, at the mo- you'll find the moment, Rump. You'll find the moment. And, or Ashley will make it presentable to where you'll have two out of the three, or all three, or just one, about taking time. And look them in the eye and don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be curious to what they think you might say. And explain to them how important, first, the family unit. Secondly, of what you do, not just a funny guy in the arena. You don't have to tell them how much you charge, how much you make, how much you net, how much you get home with. 
but that you're going to invest something more important than money, time. Mm -hmm. When I'm home, having moments with you at nine years old is more important than giving you a $100 bill. Mm, Agreed with that. Amen. These are the things that the two of you will find the toughest years of your life in the next 20 because if you get to 60 and you don't have a game plan, if you get to 60 and you don't have a savings plan, not to, not just talking about money, but saving time out to enjoy your family. I missed a lot. My daughter's 49. I missed uh, a lot of uh, high school things, uh, grade school things, high school things, college when she was at Bozeman. And later in life, I promised her and I promised myself I wouldn't do that to her kids. And now I go to high school rodeos. I go to Ropens. I go to volleyball games. um, I go to their friends' events and so forth and so on. I missed homecoming the other night, which is a big deal in Peaster, Texas. But I got the pictures, and so I shared them with all my friends. I think I probably sent you some. Um, And start investing your time in your family. Mm. You'll be surprised at what the profits will be. Satisfaction. Family satisfaction is a bigger profit than a better paycheck. Amen. Yep. Good luck, boys. I want to close today with uh, something that I've been doing since I heard you say it. Uh, It was the other night at Fort Madison. And I want you to tell everybody the 15-minute deal. No, 15 seconds. 15 seconds, sorry. Sorry. I'm trying to think where I started. Oh, Reno this year. Um, Patrick Gotch, God bless him, the Cowboy Channel, picked up on this that I did someplace a while back. And uh, he likes televising the Reno Rodeo. Of course, it's a big deal. And he said, Bob, I'm going to make sure that we televise those those prayers. Well, Wayne Brooks, I introduce Brooks. Brooks comes out. He does his opening. He goes away. Then we introduce the Grand Entry and get them all in. Then we pray, and then we sing the National Anthem. It's a... Pretty simple, but it's it's 22 minutes, 20, 22 minutes of pretty intense motion. So every night I try to find a theme, and I normally do this about 6, 6.30 ahead of a 7, 7.30 rodeo, and I make a little note on my sticky tabs that I've got 300 of in front of me. And, um, I, you know, there was a, a bank commercial. I'll get back to the 15 seconds with Jesus in a moment. There was a bank commercial one time that still sticks in my mind about Gimme Five. And they had a jingle that was so good, a musical jingle. Gimme Five, if you'd give me five bucks, I'll give you 15 back if you'll give me 10 years. Because they, they were multiplying, teaching people how to invest a $5 bill. And so I thought to myself, what's the last things that we do before I went get ready to go to work what's the last things we do at night what's the first things we do in the morning and i didn't have it scripted which i don't script any prayers unless it's a need be um <clears throat> and so i just said okay how many of you got a cell phone not asking to show me uh how many you've got an ipad how many of you've got uh, a computer how many of you got tv on uh so forth and so on i said we have become nearly imbeciles of electronic gadgetry um, and it rules our life. It steals our time. 
and I'm big on this time thing about it's a non-renewable natural resource that if you waste the last hour, you don't ever get it back. So if you wasted the last 15 seconds, um, you're, you're filling your, your mind, your eyes, your ears, and your body with information you probably could live without. So I said, what are you going to do tonight before you go to bed? I said, I'm going to ask you to give me 15 seconds. What I'm really going to ask you for is 30 seconds a day. Give him 15. And here's the deal. When we go to bed at night, we normally have a cell phone in our hand. We lay it someplace on a nightstand or on a headboard close to us. Uh, For those that sleep with sleep machines, that's the last thing you turn on, plug in, strap it on, put it in your nose, wherever you do, and, and go to bed. And in our world, when we work late at night, we're tired, uh, one way physically, mentally. And so you just kind of flop down if you're not used to praying. And I said, just do this. Shut your phone off, shut your iPad off, shut your TV off. But before you shut your heart, mind, and soul off, clear it for 15 seconds. I don't care who you pray to. I don't care what you pray for. It'd be nice if you'd say, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, give me a great day tomorrow because today was superior. Thank you for your Father. Thank you for the following. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for the blessings. It'll take you 15 seconds. Go to sleep. Mm. And you'll sleep better. In the morning, when we reel around out of bed, go to put our foot feet on the floor, in the slippers, whatever we do, you reach for a cell phone. You reach for something electronic to find out what happened, who called, who texted, who emailed, who messengered, who Instagrammed, who Facebook throughout the night to get caught up. Don't do it. Sit, stand, kneel, whatever. Take 15 seconds and say, Lord, boy, yesterday was a cool last day. It was a good day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for good health. Because if you have good health, you're rich. Thank you for what you're going to allow me to do today. Allow me to hear, see, say, and participate in, and let me do it safely. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, go get your cell phone. Go get your stuff. Give him 30 seconds. 15 in the morning, 15 at night, and I promise you, people, I promise you, it'll turn into 30 seconds. Could turn into 30 minutes. If it doesn't, Take 30 seconds of your day. Give it to Jesus. Love Amen. it. Love it. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's a, a deep episode today, but so much good stuff. Yeah, and I mean, we've got to talk coming. about these things too, you know. You do. You do, and it's uh, it's been on our minds and on our hearts. And Bobby T., we know you got day sheets to work. We got our last performance tonight here in Abilene, Abilene. But um, anyway, but uh, – so thank you, Bobby T. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thanks, thank Red you, River. Rump. Yep. Thanks, Red River Arenas, for being supportive of us. Uh, we just pretty appreciate you guys all the support. Oh, great. RedRiver.com. Nine Red di- River Arenas. Sorry. Red River Arenas. They got nine different specials going on right now. Hey, and be sure to check out our website and go uh, for the fall. It's about hoodie weather. We, if you go look at rumpchat.com, look at all the awesome stuff that Brandy has up at Downtown Threads in Enid, Oklahoma. Uh, all the Rump Chat gear, you can order right from our website. Awesome sweatshirts, Rump Chat sweatshirts. There's caps, like nine different times. T-shirts, caps, T-shirts. Patches. Check out the merch. Uh, and also, don't forget rodeopatch.com. Uh, unreal. They're branching out. Sheridan Greer is now working for them also. So we're... 
we're uh, we're proud of our rump chat and we're proud of our rodeo patch and all of our friends and family thank you bob you are awesome we love you and uh we will see y'all next week all right taking out with a little this is lucas nelson willie's boy if you can't tell red-headed stranger son turn off the news there we go check it out it is a symptom of the times lost in these uneducated blues I just want to love you while I can All these other thoughts have me confused I don't want to try to understand Maybe I'll turn off the fucking news Turn off the news and build a garden Just my neighborhood and me we might feel a bit less hardened We might feel a bit more free Turn off the news and raise the kids Give them something to believe Teach them how to be good people Give them hope that they can see Hope that they can see